Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is New York Game Day with Anita Marks and Chris Canty on 98.7 ESPN. Um, and, you know, ask them about it. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be free with, uh, with their opinions. That is Chris Johnson, owner of the Jets, uh, talking to the media as to why he has decided that he is going to bring Adam Gase back as the head coach of the Jets for yet another year. Connor Rogers joins us. You see him all over Bleachery, Bleachery Report. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at Connor J. Rogers. Also has a podcast called Stick to Football. Connor, welcome in. Nita Marks, you and, of course, Chris Canty joining me. Uh, your thoughts on the Jets and their decision to keep Adam Gase another year? Well, good morning, Anita and Chris. And, yeah, a really weird week when you have a uh, owner come out after just nine games in the Adam Gase tenure and sit here and say, you know, that he's coming back next year. And it hasn't been the start that Jets fans hoped for. It obviously hasn't been the start that Christopher Johnson hoped for. And I thought it was a little premature, in my opinion. I don't think they need to do this. Now, it's no secret that they probably don't want to have a ton of people on payroll in 2020 that aren't working with the team. That would still be uh, Todd Bowles, Mike McCagnin, and then now Adam Gase. So uh, now that's not the right reason because Adam Gase has not done a good job with this team. I know they're using injuries as an excuse when it started with Sam Darnold and went across the board, but injuries were a problem that followed that have followed Adam Gase here from Miami. I don't think the coaching has been particularly great, especially on the offensive side of the ball and the handling of players these last couple of months has been even worse with the latest incident being with Quincy and Nunwa having a problem with some fines during mistreatment and just how the coaches handled it. So I don't think it was a great move from Christopher Johnson. I also don't even know how much I truly believe him at this point after they, they said over and over again that the front office was safe going into the offseason last year and then right after the draft they let everyone go. So I'm not sitting here and saying Adam Gase will 100% be the coach of the Jets in 2020, and it was a very, very bizarre time of the year to come out and say that. Yeah, Connor, I'm right there with you in terms of being concerned about Adam Gase and his ability to manage the personalities on his club and having good working relationships with the players in the locker room. But I want to go back to what seemed like the primary motivating factor for Chris Johnson to make this hire, which was to find somebody that could be a QB whisperer, somebody that could be instrumental in the development of Sam Donald. And it just feels like this year Sam has regressed from the guy that we saw at the end of the 2018 season. So I guess my question to you is this. What are the Jets saying internally about Sam Donald? And does Adam Gay still have the same conviction about Sam that he did when they first made the hire? There's definitely concern. Now, I'll say this with the Jets. I don't think ownership or even the front office believes this is on Sam Donald. I think they look at I – mean, this is not a team, and I know this conversation has come up this year – this is not a team that will look at the 2020 quarterback class. That would be insane. They feel their offensive line needs to be rebuilt across the board because Sam Darnold just has no time back there. Now, mechanically, you have seen some stepbacks, like you just mentioned, Chris, things that Jeremy Bates cleaned up last year that you know Darnold has regressed back to, whether it's constantly throwing off his back foot, he's drifting at times, some of the fumbling issues from USC, really just the decision-making issues, Overall, and that stuff falls on Adam Gase. And a problem that I have here is, you know, these things have been a problem with Adam Gase. Adam Gase really didn't want to hire a full offensive staff when he came here. 
Uh, they don't even truly have an offensive coordinator. Adam Gase kind of does everything. You have to wonder, how much development is Sam Darnold getting in that kind of situation? And when you look internally, everybody in that building believes Sam Darnold can still be a very, very good quarterback. Now, they think there are personnel problems. You know, you look at losing Quincy and Nunla. The offensive line doesn't block long enough to give Robbie Anderson time to get vertical down the field, which is a huge part of this offense last year that has been almost non-existent this year, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, besides the first drives, Adam Gase has called very, very good scripted those first 15 plays. He's done a good job with that. After that, it really can't call a game. You see it all fall apart. And I think there is concern in there. No matter what Chris Johnson comes out and says that Adam Gase will be the coach next year, this front office is very concerned. All those guys on the pro side of things are looking at it and saying, even if we get things right, is this the coach to take us to the playoffs? Is this the coach to ever take us to the Super Bowl? Most importantly, is this the coach to have the right relationships across the roster with players? And I don't think Adam Gase has answered any of those questions in a positive way so far. And kind of just to follow up on that, I mean, the general manager is Joe Douglas. Now, he he in part owes his, this opportunity to lead the Jets from the personnel side of things because he had a good working relationship with Adam Gase in the past. What position is he going to be in if Chris Johnson and the organization decide that they want to pivot and go in a different direction with the coach after this season is over with? He will be aboard. Uh, I know that, you know, they were friends. They crossed paths in Chicago. There's a reason why Joe Douglas came here. I think he felt comfortable taking this job. But one thing I've been saying all along is I think it's been a little overblown. I think there's a reason Joe Douglas and his agent, you know, who has the same agent as Gase, but still when it comes down to it, Joe Douglas got a six-year deal. Adam Gase got a four-year deal. Uh, That means when somebody goes, it's Adam Gase first, and then Joe Douglas gets to hire his own head coach. And Joe Douglas waited a long time for this job. He was very selective when taking this job. The Jets paid him what you would consider uh, very, very high-tier money for a GM in high-tier years. Not every first-time GM gets six years and that kind of money. And that was a leverage play because if Woody Johnson comes back and wants to do things his way, Joe Douglas is the GM. But that doesn't mean Adam Gase has to stay the head coach. So, Listen, it's nice that they were friends. I don't know if they were best friends, or I think this has been a little bit overblown, to say the least. And Joe Douglas came here to win, to build not only a winning roster, but to build a winning football team. And at the end of the day, that really does start with the head coach, something that he might have to change at some point in his tenure here. Again, Connor Rogers joining us here on New York Game Day, 98.7 ESPN. This portion of the show brought to you by Shiner Bach, an American-style lager deeply brewed in Shiner, Texas, since 1909. Uh, Connor, last question for me, and that is there's been a lot of talk and speculation in regards to the relationship between Greg Williams and Adam Gaze. Um, a lot of injuries on this defense as well, but you have to commend Greg Williams in the fact that this is one of the best uh, rushing defenses in the NFL. What, what what can you share with us in, in regard to their relationship in, in the future, whether it be with or without Adam Gase, what, what, what role or what happens with, with Greg Williams? Yeah, it's a very interesting one, Anita. It really is. When you look at this, it didn't start out great. I know there was a lot of disagreements in, in that draft room. I know Adam Gase was somebody that uh, was you know kind of pounding the table for a guy like Ja'Kai Polite, while Greg Williams and the defensive staff were very much against that. And you look at the third-round pick being cut by the end of the summer, the defensive staff is probably sitting there saying, hey, if you listened to us, we would have had an extra piece this year, a piece that we need because 
our defense has taken a lot of injuries. And it's also on the head coach to, to pull players out during the preseason. Avery Williamson tears his ACL. He plays too long during the preseason. And now they're down five linebackers this year. So I think the working relationship has been okay. I think Greg gets a lot of credit for being such a good sport through everything. He really has. He's stayed positive. He hasn't made excuses. You hear Adam Gates make a lot of excuses in press conferences with injuries. He constantly says we're running out of bodies. Greg Williams doesn't do that. He just plugs and plays the next guy into his system. They're coaching people up. You look at the front. Foley, Fadokasi, and Nathan Shepard had phenomenal weeks against the Giants last year. That's good coaching. Those guys weren't first-round picks. Nathan Shepard was a third-round pick. Foley, Fadokasi was a sixth or a seventh-round pick. They're coaching players up. They're getting the most out of what's on this roster. Some of them, at times, they're signing street-free agents. So I think Greg likes that he's in a situation that he can coach the defense, not be bothered by the head coach too much since the draft. But you have to wonder, if they do move on from this coaching staff, do they entirely clean house? That's the question everyone's going to have. Connor, another question that everybody's going to have is what happens with Jamal Adams this offseason. There's already noise out there that he wants to address this contract situation. He's going to be looking for an extension, and this would be the first offseason that he's eligible for one. With everything that's transpired the last couple of weeks around Jamal, trade rumors, all of those types of things, how do you think this situation, the relationship between the Jets and Jamal Adams ends up? I think it can be mended. I think the owner really wants it to be mended. I could say that much. Christopher Johnson loves that Jamal Adams is the face of this team. Jamal Adams is, you know, really the best offensive player they've had since Darrell Rivas was in his prime here. And I think what's going to be interesting is I don't know how much Joe Douglas values the safety position. Now, they simply took calls on Jamal Adams. They had some good offers on the table for Jamal Adams at the trade deadline that they passed on. So when you look at it, he was upset, and I understand he didn't want his name mentioned in trade talks. I think when you look at the offseason, if somebody calls them and offers two first-round picks, are they going to say no? Probably not because they feel they have so many needs on the offensive line, so many needs at cornerback. Now it seems crazy to trade a player as great as Jamal. So I think it's really going to be for Jamal's side – extend me with the biggest safety contract in the league, which he's earned, or trade me. I think it's going to be as simple as that. Jamal Adams wants to win. He's always been vocal with the media, so you don't have to worry about that. He's going to explain what he wants, and the Jets aren't going to want it to linger. So if they can find the right contract, and never doubt this, Chris, ownership gets involved with football decisions with the Jets all the time, every single time. So if the owner says, hey, we need people in those seats, we need people wearing number 33 jerseys, get this done, then he won't be going anywhere. Appreciate it, Connor. Thanks for joining the show. No problem. Enjoy your Sunday, guys. Have a good one. All right. That's good stuff right there from Connor Rogers from the Bleacher Report. This is New York Game Day with Anita Marks and Chris Canty on 98.7 ESPN.